Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2016 and Zack Snyder is in charge of the new extended DCU, which I guess is the DC Universe. They probably should call it the DCCU, the DC Cinematic Universe. But they didn't, because why would you? Anyway, point is, they decided to make a movie that was full of tragedy and triumph and hope and failure and joy and other things. And it's a bit mystifying, but it's kind of okay. What am I even saying? I'm Natalie Bohensky, and welcome to Raven Bat, the Raven on Batman podcast recap analytical subsection thingy. Did I say I was Natalie Bohensky? I'm Natalie Bohensky, if I didn't already say that. With me to discuss Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice, is a man who is absolutely willing to put on a cape and get beaten up in an old disused toilet block. It's Stuart Late. (laughs) Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Yes, I mean, you know, there was that incident. I I don't like to talk about it. (laughs) At one point, Batman and Superman are like decking it out and then they're just in a toilet. They're like in the in the disused toilets of some office block. I was like, that was a choice. Yeah, yeah. They're throwing sinks at each other. Everything in this movie, that was a choice. Uh, well, here we are, Stu. It's just the two of us. We've left the Christopher Nolan universe and we have now moved into DC's efforts and Warner Brothers' efforts, I guess, to try and capitalise on the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because can you set the scene for us? We've, we we had the last Dark Knight Rises in 2012 and then there's a gap of four years, during which time we get the Avengers, first Avengers, I think, and mm. so we kind of get the consolidation, don't we, of that that MCU phase one into phase two kind of thing? Am I getting my nerdisms right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so you get uh, the culmination of what the Marvel Universe had been doing, which was building towards the first Avengers movie, which was a runaway success. It was one of the most successful movies of all time and still is. And, you know, it was just such a such a perfect encapsulation of everything that was going right at Marvel that DC kind of looked over with envious eyes going, hey, why can't we do that? We've got superheroes. We, we've got like Batman and Superman and what have you. So they set about doing that. The way that they did it was they made another Superman. Man movie because why wouldn't you and to do that they hired a guy called Zack Snyder uh, so this is Zack that. Snyder yeah I I get yeah. confused now between this one and the Snyder cut one but that's Sure. The Justice League movie, isn't it? That's the more recent Absolutely, yeah, one. yeah. So that, that's the, yeah. the the Justice League movie itself, which we'll, we'll go into in depth when we get to that episode. But yeah, that, that was uh, Snyder famously, unfortunately, had a personal tragedy, which he had to sort of step away from production. And then obviously yes. the internet's darling, Joss Whedon, stepped in to mm. sort of fix things <laughs> and ended up making things so much worse. A decision in, that's in the, really, really held yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's aged beautifully. I don't like to you know, say that I'm great or have schadenfreude. But in this occasion, on this occasion, I, I just, <laughs> it's just a weird Look. thing that I always sort of felt Joss Whedon was a bit like, yeah, he writes good TV and whatnot, but it's so kind of pandering and I don't know, there was always well, something about yeah. him, the person, that I just never really gelled with. And everyone's like, sure. Joss Whedon is there's our a, hero. There's a whole discussion that we can get into there, but let's let's save mm-hmm. it for Justice League. I think that's that's the appropriate Yeah, place probably fair, probably fair. But it's just it's just come back out because he recently did an interview, I think, that was supposed yes, to be like a, exactly, Hey, yes. I'm Joss Whedon, I'd like to work again. And uh, everyone was like <laughs> Everyone was like, No, thank you. No, no, Joss Whedon, not after 
not after this, but um, yeah. So um, I'm you can quite right up. too. <laughs> um, so obviously DC were like, hey, we've got the two biggest superhero characters like in the world. We've got Batman and Superman. Why aren't we like eating Marvel's lunch? Why are they wiping the floor with us? Um, and it turns out the answer is like because they write good stories and made good movies. That's the secret. Uh, yeah, and so I think they there's were like, a well, certain... Okay. A certain amount of levity in their stories. Had had Man yes. of Steel come out at this point or the first? Yes, absolutely. They're... So Man of Steel was the first one. So they, they hired Zack Snyder to make Man of Steel and that came out in 2013. So that was oh, a year after. Yeah, okay. so, so that was a year after The Dark Knight Rises. And that was seen as like the new beginning because obviously Nolan had said, I'm done. Like I'm not going to do this anymore. Although he did come back as an executive producer and wrote some of the story of Man of Steel, which is weird. Really? So he was done. He was done with Batman, but he was like, "No, I'll, I'll still cash a check if you want me to to run yeah. an eye over this script." Like, absolutely. You know, they were like, "You know, you're you're our golden boy because you you made us all the money and you made like these awesome movies." Please come back and tell us how to do this properly. But to direct it, he was like, absolutely, I'm not directing a, a, a Superman film. Someone else can do that. And so they tapped Zack Snyder, who ironically, it, it turns out, really, really wanted to make a Batman film. Uh, oh. So th this is the thing. Like, Zack Snyder loves Batman. It's it's extremely clear that Zack Snyder is way more of a Batman fan <laughs> than he is a Superman fan, as this movie really does make very clear. So he made Man of Steel and basically used that as his, like, audition piece almost to say, hey, so can I play with the other toys now? And specifically, I'd like to make a Batman movie. Right. And they were like, yeah, sure, sure, why not? Man of Steel, of course, uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, is a... <laughs> Which is me. <laughs> But that's fine. Well, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you, you've seen the fallout of it because at the end of that film, Superman kills General Zod, snaps his neck. Yes, I've, so, I've heard that. Is yeah. he good though? That's Michael Shannon, who's a bit of a favourite. Um, he's one of those yeah, actors oh, look, who's just- You know, Michael Shannon- good in it? Fine, yeah. Really, really, really good General Zod. Very because menacing, like very fun. In, in the, um, you see him in this film just very briefly being put into water yes. by Jesse Eisenberg. And we'll get to <laughs> yes. Jesse Eisenberg oh, um, by well. Lex Luthor. And you see him kind of being submerged in water and, and he looks like- this is a deep pool. I don't know the movie Galaxy Quest very well, but the aliens from Galaxy Quest who have like a black <laughs> bowl cut in sort of a yeah, jumpsuit. Yeah. And I looked at him going, he's the fearsome General Zod? I hoped he looked a lot better alive. He, he <laughs> look, he makes it work. I will say he makes it work. You know, it, it, it's so it's so weird. Man of Steel is such a weird film because it's a it's a an origin story for Superman that they introduce Superman by having him snap General Zod's neck to beat but, him. Yeah, and isn't it true you know, that they like, have like Kevin Costner telling him, "No, you must never help people." Yes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something something that his mother, uh, his mother Martha, says to him again in this movie: "You don't owe these people anything." It's like, do you not understand the idea of Superman? Like he, he gets he gets his sense of duty and responsibility from his parents. That's the whole his, point. Stu, you know that if they were both still alive, Ma and Pa Kent would have been at the White House on January 6, 2021. <laughs> yes. Like they would have become Trumpers. I'm just, I don't like no judgment, but the way that they're acting all like, hey, you don't know them a damn thing. Run your own race. See, because uh, they, because they know the aliens are out there. Yes. You know? Well, that's right. They yeah. would be on so um, many message boards. Like what a, what a fundamental misunderstanding of, of the character of Superman to have his parents be like, you don't owe these people anything. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Anyway. <sighs> so 
This movie then stems out of that. So instead of making a Man of Steel two, a, a, a second Superman movie, Zack Snyder was like, "Why don't we expand it out?" Like, and and the people at Warner Brothers were like, "We can expand it out. We can we can try to cash in on some of that Avengers, that sweet sweet Avengers money, and have more superheroes in here." Now, the obvious one, obviously, is Batman because previously in the comics, in in uh, the animated series, like there had been times when Batman and Superman had teamed up, that they teamed up all the time. Uh, there were also like fewer but still a few times when they had fought in the comics. People have pointed out that um, unless Batman does a lot of preparation, it is a very one-sided fight, uh, which this movie has to bend itself into knots to try to sort of justify. And, you know, mostly gets there. I yeah, don't I don't hate a too, lot of that. but Yeah, it's not too bad when it comes to that stuff. Like Batman does get a, an ass-whooping from Superman on a, on a couple of occasions before he's mm. able to kind of clock into his special toys and gadgets. Yes, exactly. But we'll get to that. Yeah, so um, so they decided, okay, we want to we want to do this film, and and Zack Snyder was like, well, I really want to make a Batman film, so why don't we make this instead of being like Superman two, we'll make it Batman v Superman. So not only is this no longer a sequel to Man of Steel, although it is a sequel to Man of Steel, but not only is this no longer a Superman film, but Batman's getting top billing, and it's <laughs> ba- ba- Batman v Superman: Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I mean, it does uh, roll off the tongue better. <laughs> Is Superman v Batman sounds weird. Batman v Superman sounds better. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, you're right. It, it does sort of flow better. Um, and so we got this film, which is what it is. It's a mm. movie that is engineered so that Batman and Superman will have a fight. Many fights. Well, a couple of fights. Well, one big fight, but a small one. One, one big fight. fight. Okay, fine. They'll have one big fight. <laughs> uh, and then they'll team up and work together to destroy an even greater enemy. Sure. Which I must admit, I mostly forgot about. Except for, yeah. well, we'll get to it. Should we start with our minute challenge and then we can branch off from there? Sure. I think it's my turn to go first this week. Absolutely. Yeah, you go. All right. So the first thing I wrote on my list is Martha. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Snap. So that was I'm, the first thing on my list as well. Uh, what a ridiculous. So, okay. Crap. This is where we're going to argue. I don't mind okay. that. I don't mind that twist even at the time because I did see this at the cinema. I didn't mind that twist at the time. And I came out afterwards and everyone was like, oh, the mums had the same name. Ugh. And I'm like, they're big boys with toys. Like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the only thing to get through to Bruce Wayne would be something weird and like, mummy, where's my mummy? I'm just a little boy. It is something weird from the comics. Why not use it? Like, to me, narratively, I that didn't upset me. But tell me why it upset lots of people. Well, I think it's it's more that, for, for me, I, I can only speak for myself. And the, and the thing is- Stu, no, you, know, you speak for all nerd You realise Sure, this. absolutely, yes. I, I am their standard bearer. Um, <laughs> the, the whole thing for me with the Martha thing is that I understand what Snyder is going for. I understand what he's trying to say with that, which is that, you know, that they, they find this common ground. But choosing to- to make it like Martha specifically plays ridiculously. It requires Superman and Batman to both act like complete idiots. Batman is acting like a paranoid whack job, which he is only rarely portrayed as. They do a lot of shoe leather to sort of get him to that point, And they have to really engineer a situation where Batman is like fully in a murderous rage to, mm. to kill, you know, because this isn't, we can talk about this later, but, but like Batman kills so many people in this movie. So many people. Yeah, just uh, murders people my, left, right and center. That is on my list. Uh, I did want to ask you about that at some point. Yeah. Uh. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that, I guess. We can talk about that when it comes up on your list, I guess. But it just like the, the fact that Batman wants to kill Superman at all is 
tenuous at best. I don't love it. And the idea then that Superman comes into that fight going, listen to me, listen to me. This is very important. Please listen to me. It's like, just say it. Say Lex Luthor is holding my mother hostage and I need you to help me get her back. This yeah, doesn't, true. this isn't hard. You know what I mean? Like it, it requires everyone involved to be the stupidest version of themselves. Well, and and then yeah. that the moment itself then becomes this bizarre thing where instead of saying, you know, my mother, he's got my mother, he says, save Martha, right? That means nothing to Batman. Like, like as far as Superman knows, yeah, Superman doesn't Lucy, know that Batman's then, mother was then, called Martha. But then Lois comes in and says, it's his mother's name, it's his mother's name. They don't need to know why it affects Batman. It just has to affect Batman. And no, I know, like, but, but why is Superman saying save Martha? He would be saying save my mother. Because he's, he's got my Superman. mother. He's not Clark Kent. He's keeping his identity secret. And then Lois comes but along he could, and has to explain he, why. By, say, by saying Martha, he's actually putting his secret identity more in jeopardy. Well, I didn't write the script, Stu, but I just <laughs> I realize it's not perfect. I, I do realize it's 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 you know, it's a lot twisty and turny to get to that point. But I don't mind that they went, he's going to kill Martha and it's the name Martha that, you know, and they they have set it up a little bit by having his dad go, Martha, as she was dying, like Rosebud. I, I don't um, I don't mind that the concept of Lex Luthor is threatening Superman's mother and that gets to Batman in a way that few other things could, right? Like yeah. the idea that Lex Luthor is going to kill your mother, like that's... That's very specific to Batman and specifically this version of Batman. I get it. I, I get why they were going for that, but just the execution falls down. And that, that's a micro for the macro of this entire movie where I understand what they were trying to do, but I don't think they did it properly. <laughs> I don't think they did it right. I don't know why I'm able to forgive that, but I am. I don't know if that makes me stupid or tender-hearted, but there was. It doesn't make you. It doesn't make you stupid, and, and no oh. one who no one who likes this movie is is stupid. I mean, probably not. Uh, but <laughs> you know, like, like people can watch this movie and enjoy it and have a good time. Apparently, the extended cut is better. I have never oh, seen the extended cut. I know about it. You, I imagine you have not seen the extended cut either, because the version well, you watched was two hours. What was two and a half hours? Two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. The extended cut is three hours long. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, I know. Now um, I have a thirty-one I have a minutes point. of additional footage. I have one point that ties into the second thing on my list about yes. the extended cut. The second point on my list is Wonder Woman is everything, and if the extended <laughs> cut features just another thirty minutes of Gal Gadot, then I would be happy to watch it. Yeah, she's easily the best thing in the film um, because I remember coming out of that film going, "She is." great she is yep. fantastic the music i love her music oh that, her theme it's, song amazing her theme song comes in and it's like guitar-y it's like what i want it's like a, a glimpse superhero. of a better movie <laughs> yes and it's um and she's you know she's very much a third act almost a deus ex machina really obviously not because superman's the deus ex machina because you know so much god imagery but we'll get to that uh, <laughs> i keep saying we'll get to that but yeah there's a lot of superman god imagery in this film i feel like if they took out the slow motion in this film it'd run about 45 minutes <laughs> so much slow motion a, a common critique of Zack snyder's work um, he does love a slow-mo I mean, oh, just slow-mo just everything <laughs> I it's feel like arty, he got arty. he got such a he got such a good reception to three hundred that I oh, think he just that. yeah and, and I mean like I I'm I'm on record as, as still quite liking that movie I think that it's 
problematic in, in se- several ways, but I think it's, you know, a well-made it, movie. And, and, it, and Zack Snyder's style fits that story. Yes, in, and it's very, in, very, he goes into the genre, he has a vision, he executes it. It's not for everybody, but yeah. it's like, this is Sparta. Like the colour palette, the tone, the... Yeah. the wavy lines, the animated bits or whatever it is. It was blood. a perfect adaptation of that particular comic. That comic had a lot of like lurid sort of splash pages oh, and, and very, very interest, right. intricate sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a Frank Miller comic, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, who wrote The Dark Knight Returns, which uh, this movie strip mines for parts. But he, his style is so specific, Zack Snyder. And he gets such good feedback from 300 that then he basically takes that style and uses it in every single movie. And you could argue that that sort of style should theoretically work for superheroes. But the trouble is everything's so dour and joyless. Everything's yeah. so serious and, and, and monochrome. And also it's in slow motion, you know, like it just, it's just this one extra layer on top just to make everything this grinding slog. It's kind of dirgy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it starts with a funeral for God's sake. It, well, yes. As does Justice League. Does it start with it? These movies, well, the Snyder Cut does. The Snyder Cut starts with a, oh, a funeral. The, right. the, the title card Justice League is literally shown over Superman's coffin. But Superman's so, coffin is at the end of this one. Do they? Yeah, they, they replay it. They, they redo it. There's a, there's a right. funeral at the start of that movie. So back to Wonder Woman and my list, if I can just say. She's freaking awesome. So good. So good. Gal Gadot has a become, of... become a, a complicated public figure, but but her portrayal of Wonder Woman is amazing. Hey, she lifted all of our spirits with her celebrity version of Imagine, <laughs> and I won't hear a thing against her. She's just who I want to be. And I want to be the kind of person who wears their hair in beautiful slicked back ponytails and bows (laughs) at fancy events where she's always in like a backless dress and no bra because she doesn't need it because her breasts are so perfect. Yeah. Uh, But then when she's in the middle of fighting. They defy gravity. Yeah. And when she's in the middle of fighting, her hair's out. Because that makes sense. It's That's the hmm. right way to be about it. Hair up totally. for some day-to-day activities. Fighting when you need your vision, hair down. I mean, I know hair she's down. got a tiara and I just remember really enjoying her, you know, turning up and giving Bruce Wayne the eye. And Oh, she's incredible. She doesn't have a lot to do, but she yeah. takes your attention and when she's fighting and using a super lariat and she comes down and she's like, da-da-da-da, it's like, yay. <laughs> and, and I love that little moment of, is she with you? And Batman's like, I thought she was with you. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a nice it's, joke in this film. It's a fun joke that doesn't make any sense because Batman knows that she's not with Superman. He's been emailing her. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. He knows exactly he, who, he, who she is and he knows she's not with Superman. But he doesn't. Yeah, I guess you could say he knows she's not with Superman. But yeah, oh, damn. Oh, you spoiled that <laughs> I quite like that moment, but you're that's a, that's a fun little sense. that's a fun little quip that makes no goddamn sense. It's oh. there for the trailer. It's there for the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if Batman had said, "Is she with you?" or "Do you know her?" If Batman had said, "Do you know her?" and Superman, do you said, guys know each other? Yeah, and and Superman said, "I assumed she was with you." It might have worked better that yeah. way. That that that's an instantly better punch up. Yeah. Oh damn. Oh damn. <laughs> <Stu>. <laughs> You know that they've been emailing each other trailers for Justice League, so yes, that's yes with uh, with logos like LexCorp have gone and done the yeah. full branding on each <laughs> of the superheroes. Yeah. They've done the full. They've, it's they've really come up great. With a, logo, a color scheme. Yeah, a whole, it's really a whole, uh, five year like promotional strategy. Yeah, 
Yeah, they've got the branding totally down. And it's great that those characters then take on that branding. That like Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And then they just use it in all of their uh, personal branding. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> the WWs, you know. It's like, no, it's not Weight Watchers. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Uh, but yeah. Wonder Woman is awesome. Back to my list. Henry Cavill is too beautiful to live <laughs> and must be destroyed. He is a, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. He, he's a, I, he, he doesn't deserve these films. He's far too good a Superman for these films. He is so perfect looking. He's just perfect. Yeah. He, like he looks is... like Superman. He looks like a chiseled god. And even, you know, his American accent is fine because he's doing sort of what is he doing in the witcher is he using his english accent or it's sort of a bit a bit of both isn't it it's it's a it's, it's a kind of yeah it's, it's like a weird like growly sort of sort of high no accent sort of thing yeah but i haven't seen him in that sherlock holmes one that he did he's just beautiful and then there's that bit where he turns on the tv and he's just like got his shirt off and i was like how how henry cavill <laughs> how do you and he's such a nerd as well i think maybe knowing that he's like such a nerd because he plays um greg from the smart enough to know better podcast is something of a fan of the uh, the warhammer game sure and uh, apparently henry cavill massively into warhammer like he's absolutely he's, yes he is their god like um, genuinely he, genuinely like not not feigning interest he's he's yeah a massive he, nerd for warhammer <laughs> He's a massive nerd for Warhammer, but everyone's like, "Look, Henry Cavill is a nerd for Warhammer. It's okay." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm repping the I'm repping the nerds. It's a great game." <laughs> um, so I think he's he's just lovable. I'm, I don't know how he gets to be too pure. Um, and then they put him in these movies where he's a langsty, and it's like, oh, poor Henry Cavill. Ben Affleck though, he kind of looks good in this film. I know Ben Affleck is a complicated public figure, and <laughs> sure, yes, has possibly <laughs> one of the worst tattoos I've ever seen. If you uh, <laughs> if you Google oh, Ben, yeah, I, I've never I've never seen his tattoo. What's his tattoo? Stu, right now, please, while we're on mic, here Google I go. Ben Affleck back tattoo. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> How have I never seen this? I know, right? Is this for real? He's got like a giant, like phoenix-looking thing. Yeah, on his entire uh, back. I think it's a phoenix, not a dragon. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh like no, Ben! Full... No, what, what were you doing? <laughs> a full back tattoo, color that's obviously taken multiple sittings. Yeah, uh, and uh, obviously J Lo's into it. You know. It's a... <laughs> Well, was this was this post J Lo? When was this happened? Well, I think he got it some years ago, and they've hooked up again since. So I think he got it after J Lo because J Lo. Well, I'm seeing I'm seeing here an article J-Lo from like years ago. Uh, but everyone listening so- at home, treat yourself. Just Google <laughs> Ben Affleck <laughs> really do, back tattoo. Really do. <laughs> Just have a moment. This Hell, Oscar I've never seen this. winning. <laughs> that is astonishing. That is one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I've seen Batman v Superman. <laughs> See, maybe if he'd, I don't know if he had it at the time of that film, but maybe if he'd like taken the shirt off. They do show, you know what? They do show him working out. I was going to say, you get some shirtless action. Yeah, Yeah, you don't really see his back. So I wonder if they just framed around it. Well, I was was going to ask you that, Natalie, because he does do a lot of, he he does some sick CrossFit in this uh, this (laughs) movie. Yep. He basically does. Uh, oh God! Um, but he does. He does have some shirtless action and it's uh, workout action as well. So I was going to say, how does he compare to Henry Cavill? He looks great. Henry Cavill is like I think 
sort of a perfect specimen. I don't know what he's just like genetically blessed. Ben Affleck yes. looks like a dude who's had a like you know a trainer and has gone hard for it. Yeah. I, I'm more referring <laughs> to him as Bruce Wayne, like wearing kind of a suit and he's got sort of slight tussle in his hair, a bit of salt and mm. pepper, and even at the start yes. he's racing through Gotham trying to save people and he's wearing like a vest and no tie, open collar. I'm just like, damn Ben Affleck, you're good in this movie. <laughs> He does. And, and you know what? Like, I'm, I'm sorry you're again, such a bit of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like Ben Affleck, not the worst Batman. Honestly, this version of Batman, I've seen worse. How is he as Bruce Wayne though? He- I, I think as Bruce Wayne too, he, he actually is pretty good. I, I don't mind him. I just don't like that the movie positions him as this hyper paranoid idiot. Yeah. Like, like he acts like an idiot He's- in this movie. Well, he gets radicalized by Superman's... Yes, radicalized is an excellent word for that, Natalie, yes. Yeah, well, mm. let me move on because we'll have to talk about all of these things if if I don't move on. What was with Batman's dream? Uh, Speaking of radicalization, um, he has like a dream fantasy sequence where he's like gunning down. I couldn't remember when I saw the film first if I realized that it was a dream sequence. It's not played as one initially. It's really not. It's like all of these military soldiers with Superman S's as patches on their uniforms and they're all shooting at him and then he's gunning people down and then there's all these like winged harpies that come in and start lifting people off. So those those are supposed to be parademons which show up in the next film. Those are like an apocalypse, like dark side thing. So it's a premonition that he's having really. so, So that the idea is that this is some sort of premonition that he's having, but that is deeply unclear to anyone watching the film. It is just dropped in the middle with no context whatsoever and what's insane is that that's not like a studio mandated thing that's something that Zack Snyder fought for he wanted that (laughs) in the movie um because he had this he had this long game that he was going to eventually do like a the proper movie version of far future like basically in or a version of like the injustice universe where it's like like 10 years in the future or something superman's gone crazy maybe darkseid is involved somehow like there's all like the world is an apocalyptic hellscape and batman is leading like a group of survivors to sort of change the past to stay it's a very terminator sort of thing in a way um that was his long game and so he wanted to plant that seed here and that made it into the movie, that they kept that whole sequence. It has no connection to anything. The only connection that it has is that you could argue that it it sort of highlights his paranoia, that, that that's where he sees all this going. He sees yeah. Superman on this dark path, so he feels like he has to stop him. But to watch it in sequence is just baffling. And then it's he, he wakes up. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But then he, he wakes up and Flash shows up. It's a dream within a dream. It's a dream within a dream. And then he wakes up again. Like and, and Flash yeah, is like, that- Oh, I was too early. It's it's Lois, Lois is the key to everything. Uh, and then Was that the Flash uh, or was back. that Cyborg? Because he was like Spider-Man. No, no, that was that was the Flash. That was the Flash. But he's in like his weird future costume that we don't see except in the very end of the Snyder Cut. Right. So yes. yeah, it's, it's- <laughs> What to process I, there, I know. I guess hence why I wrote what was the deal with Batflex Dream because yeah. I didn't understand. So, so that, that was the deal with Batflex Dream is that it was a, a <laughs> seed of something Zack Snyder wanted to do in about four movies' time and never got the chance to do in the end. Oh, that's right because he's wearing, like he's in the desert in his Batman uniform but wearing yeah. like a Bane-style sheepskin coat kind of thing. <laughs> yes, again. exactly, yeah. I'm like, 
why is he doing that? Why is he? Why is he? Why is he? Well, because wearing... because even in the apocalypse, Batman is all about branding. But he's wearing a bat. Like, surely his bat armor is enough. And if he wants to be fit, is he trying to disguise himself? Because it doesn't. He's still got the helmet on. <laughs> he's still got the the cowl on. I oh, know that's right. Yeah, and but then but then Superman turns up and like takes it off him in the dream, and is just does he say something to him like or just smiles at him or. Anyway, then he wakes up and the Flash is there. It's very confusing. But as I then said, does Batman kill a lot of dudes in this film? Yeah, he kills a whole bunch of people. There's a few times where I'm like, oh, I suppose that's just like a hard punch. Uh, But then at one point he gets a knife off somebody, turns it around and stabs him up against a wall. And I went, that seems pretty definitive. I will defend that specific thing because he got stabbed in the shoulder and then he turned around and stabbed that guy right back in the shoulder. So I'm, I'm like, that's like turnabout is fair play, Natalie. (laughs) <laughs> um, but but I will say, like, y- you can argue that all of the Batmen, even the ones who technically aren't killing anyone, could potentially have killed someone because, like, they're punching people so hard they knock them out. Um, yeah, knock them so, through walls. So, you know, it's and... not safe, exactly. But there's a difference, I think, between throwing someone headfirst into a packing crate and driving your car into them or shooting the car that they're on and the car explodes. You know, like there's a lot of stuff in here where Batman just comes in guns blazing and just (laughs) like Zack Snyder is so keen for Batman to be shooting guns in this movie. Like just all the Mm. guns, just killing people left, right and center. Like there's a lot of phallic imagery. Like all of the terrorists have like increasingly larger guns. You'll see one guy with a pistol, the next guy with a machine gun, and then a guy will get up with a bazooka, a rocket launcher or something. And it's like, Mm. wow, Zack Snyder just laying on the the phallic imagery. (laughs) Um, and then Alfred, I didn't write this on my list, but I might as well mention it here. Alf, I didn't. I forgot that Jeremy Irons played Alfred. I was wondering. I was like, who is Alfred in this film? Couldn't remember. And then Jeremy Irons popped up. I went, oh, he doesn't seem old enough. I don't know what I was thinking, but he kind of seems like he's only maybe ten years older than Batman. I don't know. Maybe just, <laughs> Jeremy Irons well, very distinguished. Thing. Yeah, it's the he, weird thing because I mean, Jeremy Irons is quite old himself. I think he's. How, how old is he? He'd be, he'd be in his 60s at least. Now. Yeah, 70s. Yeah, he'd be in his 70s now. So, I mean, I, I guess that would theoretically work in terms of timeline, but it, but it, you're right that it does feel weird because, like, this version of, of Batman has been Batman for 20 years? Yeah. Like, they say at one stage yeah. that he's been Batman for 20 years. Like, so he's, he's had time to have a full career as Batman, have at least one Robin and have that Robin murdered by the Joker. Well, this is the other thing. There was, there was. He's got a bat suit with like writing from the Joker on it. That that's a Robin suit where the Joker would have killed that Robin in this. It universe. was a Robin suit. Yes. Okay, I thought it was a Batman suit. Soup. No, de- definitely, Batman- definitely a Robin suit. Mm, Batman soup. Mm, Batman. Soup. <laughs> uh, delicious. I'm just looking it up to look at it again because it just looked like a black suit. So I assumed. Oh yeah, because was, these uh, movies are monochrome, so I mean there would there would be no colourful costume, but it is it okay, is a Robinson. Okay, yeah. So it says, "Ha ha, jokes on you, jokes Batman. on you, Batman." Yeah, and it's it looks like a medieval armor or something. It doesn't mm. really <laughs> look like. And he's holding what is he holding? Like a trident or something? Yeah, it's like a hammer or some something. I don't know. Dummy is holding. So yeah, so we're insinuating that Batman had a, a youthful ward. Uh, yes, who died, and we don't see the Joker. Because, you know, why would you have the good Batman villain just skip past him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and have the Superman villain, I suppose. So obviously Batman keeps that just to kind of taunt himself. 
never forget. To be fair, like that that also happens in the comics. Like he often has, you know, Jason Todd's Robin costume in a display case just to sort of remind himself of like one of his worst failures. Right. Uh, so that that's from the comics, but poor Batman. it's yeah, poor Batman. But like, you know, it's been Zack Snyderfied in yeah. in this, you know, because in in the in the comics it's usually just a Robin costume in a in a case, mm. whereas in this one it's got like the Joker spray painted it. Yeah, jokes on you, even... Batman. Ha 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 ha. But isn't that funny? I just I just assumed it was an old bat suit that like Batman Joker had snuck up on him and defeated him. <laughs> the ultimate joke. The ultimate joke. Like Batman was taking a quick nap while sort of standing on a gargoyle overlooking the city, and uh, Joker snuck up on him. That's, that's where I was. But yes, Galfred seems obsessed with Batman, like getting his end away. And he's like, I mean, Michael Caine was too a bit, but he's like, hey, not that there'll be a next generation of Waynes. Dream on, Alfred. Talking well, to himself again, about It takes Bruce on a Wayne. more tragic tone. Yeah, I Bruce mean, Wayne's Alfred, not fucking Alfred is, anybody and Alfred's yeah. really upset with it about that. He's like, come on, Although, dude, having said go that, get some action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although having said that, this version of Batman, Batman explicitly has sex, right? Because well, like see we him see him with, up like with, some... a, with a, like a supermodel in the in his bed. Yeah, you know. So they it's never like explain th- why Zack Snyder was like, no, no, no. This version of Batman has sex with ladies. This Batman fucks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he does. He does CrossFit and he has sex with beautiful chicks. Yeah, but he then discards them because yeah, <laughs> well, you don't want to get attached. You don't. You don't want to. No, get that's to, right. Exactly. Nobody needs that in their life. Some chick yeah. pulling the pulling the mood down. Oh, stopping you! Being I've got to go stare. At, I've got to go stare at my Robin outfit and mourn the beautiful <laughs> lord that I once had. And then I'm going to go have some homoerotic kind of fighting with Superman. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Can we move on to the next thing on my list? I know I had something sure. else, but I, I'll just move on to this bit. Jesse Eisenberg. Obviously yes. watched Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight on repeat while preparing for this role. Yeah, there's a there's a certain um Rip yeah, off Ledger's Joker. Quality. Yeah, like, like like the off-brand version of that. He is uh, the home brand version. He's and it's so dodgy. Like he's the kind of person that any sane person looking at him with all of his quirks and stuff, and I know that they're, they're trying for Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg yes. doesn't have a personality, right? Lex Luthor no. is obviously trying to have a personality. But which not which doing... would have been interesting. That would have been an interesting take, like a Zuckerbergian character who's slightly detached and doesn't understand, yeah. like, humanity, which, which actually would work for Luthor. Like, he can't it... understand why people like this Superman character. Yes, it would be really interesting. But instead they make him, like, oh, no, I'm going to... Twiddle my fingers. Oh, Superman! And- oh. He's really annoying. I found him. I don't remember him from the first movie, but in this movie, I really wanted to punch him in the face. Um, yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, I found him very, very annoying. He had lots of like cutesy lines, like "gods and men" and "gods are dead" and "I'm a god" and "no gods" and "oh god." The the dialogue in this movie, just across the board, is abysmal. It's it's awful, useless, meaningless dialogue. Yeah, but, I mean, if they didn't have as many action scenes as they do, we'd get more of it. So I don't know whether, because <laughs> one of the things on my list was there's so many action scenes. But, uh, well, but, but are, there, are there that many action scenes? I guess they save them all because, by my count, we don't get a proper action scene until a full hour into the movie. Yeah, but the last hour is basically all action scene. Yeah, it's a deeply lopsided movie where you just get lots of long, slow, melancholy shots. Uh, in the start of the film, and then it just saves all of the action scenes for the back end. 
True. That and wheat field scenes. Is it wheat? Yes. Yeah. Lots of wheat. Whatever. It's a Superman trope at this point for a, a good wheat field scene. Right. Just going back to that point about Batman being Batman for 20 years, Clark Kent has only now kind of heard of him. Like Clark Kent's at the yes, Daily Planet. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of run with the line that Batman in this universe is more of an urban legend, which the comics sometimes dabble in. Like they go back and forth on how exactly how well known of a figure Batman is. In some versions, he's quite well known and people know that he's a real guy. And it's, and the question is like, who's the Batman? And then in other in other versions of the of the story, he's more of an urban legend. Like people don't it's, it's have- like saying you saw Bigfoot. But they have a they have a, a bat signal. I know it's kind of a bat weird. signal. Is what I, was, I guess they don't hear about Commissioner Gordon or anything else. But there's a bat signal. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what is so frustrating again about this movie because like Superman has been active as a superhero for a hot minute and he's coming in telling Batman who's been around for 20 years at this point. He's like, don't be a Batman anymore. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know, have a conversation. For God's sake, just have a conversation, you two bristling lumps of meat. <laughs> Please. And do it shirtless if you could. Yes. well, And yes, maybe set true. up a, a live cam. Just yeah. for transparency. And why don't you sort of grease each other up? Just for, <laughs> you know, for posterity. Uh, yeah. That would be good. Hey, why don't you do CrossFit together? Pretty sure Superman you could, <laughs> you could lift some tires. Go on. Just go over there and lift some. Sorry, I'm being a tremendous sexist. <laughs> Henry Cavill does not exist to fill my cheap, you know, sexual desires. Um, how is the second season of The Witcher, by the way? Uh, completely unrelated. <laughs> Very good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed is it a lot. Is he shirtless by any? Uh... Uh, he does get shirtless at one stage. Although I will say there is a lot less nudity from all the cast uh, in in oh. the second season. They they really dialed that back. <sighs> See, they've got everyone hooked now. Now they can drop. That's the it. Nudity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, we got you now. We don't have to lure you in with uh, like Game sex of Thrones anymore. by season yeah. five or six. You know, they just totally drop in the nudity. Yeah, Lost they drop the tits side of the tits and dragons. Or <laughs> well, they put tits on the dragons. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> so yes. Anyway, so Clark Kent's at <laughs> another thing I wrote down while well, we're talking about the Daily Planet. Is the Daily Planet like the worst news outlet? Like the slowest. <laughs> When they cut to the crashed spaceship, I, which I assume is Zod's spaceship. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently apparently it's all water. You just walk in and you're sort of walking around in water. I don't know. But they, the crashed spaceship starts letting out bolts of lightning and they keep crossing mm. to all these real-life American news correspondents because, hey, hey, wouldn't it be fun to get Anderson Cooper and Soledad <laughs> sure. O'Brien and Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's, Neil he's deGrasse Tyson. About, he's more talking of philo- philosophically about about he yeah neil degrasse tyson will do anything that guy will do anything i reckon like you can put him in any movie doing anything uh and he's (laughs) up for it but yeah it's it's like quickly let's get anderson cooper and all these real life people to go oh there's something happening in metropolis it's like oh my god it's the guy from the real news it's like it's real Uh, and (laughs) and so all of the journalists at the daily planet just end up looking like a bunch of no-hopers who are sitting around their office while the power goes out looking out the window going oh there's like electricity coming from from the ship. Oh, mm. like wouldn't you have reporters yeah. down there? You'd have reporters down there. You would there. think so. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. You like would have it's reporters 2016. down there. Someone would be updated. There, there would be a live blog. Like it's You'd 2016. Doing, there would be a live blog. You would be doing be like Twitter streaming. updates. You'd have internet. You wouldn't just be sitting yeah. there going, well, I guess we'll just report about it tomorrow. Like 
Come on, Let's guys. Let's put the together. Instead, they get a helicopter for Lois so she can go to freaking Gotham across the bay. That's the other thing. Why are Gotham and Metropolis so close to each other? What's that about? It's weird that they don't is usually play this. Is it like Adelaide and Port Adelaide? Is it like <laughs> something like that? The, well, it's more like it's more like New York. Is, is Gotham is Gotham like Fremantle? Is that what is, is Perth and Fremantle? Is that what it is? Maybe Mighty like, like it's Perth? more like it's more like New York City and New Jersey, that sort of thing, where where they're sort of like right next to yeah, each other, true. but I they are forget. they are very separate. You see, this is the thing about living in Australia. You do forget that a lot of places have major capitals, like quite close to each other. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you are listening from, because I forget, it's like Glasgow and Edinburgh are literally like a forty-five minute bus ride apart from each other, and they're mm. you know major metropolitan centres. And I always forget. That. <laughs> it's like, oh, if, you know, if you're in Australia and you want to go to the closest nearby city, metropolitan, big city, it's pretty much at least an eight-hour drive. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's a couple of hours in a plane or an eight-hour drive. Yeah, yeah. so I, maybe that's why I'm I, – because I remember just watching that going, so they can literally see each other across a bay, but you're right, New York, New Jersey. <laughs> I'm the idiot here. Let's be honest. Okay, so we'll leave that. That's a Natalie is stupid thing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Daily Planet, all of the news reporting in the film is by – metro eight news but then anderson cooper surely has got to be on cnn that's that's anderson cooper he's on cnn sure yes yes point why isn't it crossing to the daily planet having updates or this is daily planet news tv edition or daily planet internet like they're so freaking no wonder the press the mainstream press is in trouble when the daily planet (laughs) it is very old-fashioned like a yeah it's very old-fashioned. Yeah. They, they, it's like, quickly, call a chopper so Lois can go off. But uh, we'll just wait in the office and see what happens with this large amount of electricity beaming out from a crashed spaceship downtown. They do have a joke earlier in the film about they can't afford, like, good plane tickets for her. She has to take economy class. So, like, you know, yes. the print media is struggling and maybe this is why. Yeah, because you're not keeping up, dudes. I just felt that that whole thing undermined the power of the Daily Planet, which is supposed to be, you know, Clark Kent goes to Metropolis to work Mm. for the Daily Planet because it's, you know, the Daily Planet. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, yes, I I just had written Daily Planet sucks, question mark. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Costner, I assume, was a dream sequence or some sort of fantasy sequence. Sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely meant to be a dream sequence. Not filmed like that at, at all, as if he's just standing on top of a mountain. And then he's not rocks all on top of, of other rocks. Yeah. 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 Now, look, um, I'm very partial, as you know, to Kevin Costner. Um, sure, sure. I haven't watched that show Yellowstone, which is his big show now. Apparently that is like a massive, massive hit, Yellowstone. Yeah, big, a big success. Yeah, yeah. I, I had but written that show off. I was like, oh, and then, and then boom, it just became this massive hit. I have never watched it, but I was uh, reading about it one night because I found an article about how it's kind of like the mainstream version of Succession because Succession, which is the, I think Tom Selinsky was recommended recommending that to us, Succession is about sort of family dynamics in a media publishing organisation. So it's kind mm. of what the Twitterati and, you know, people who are very online, it's kind of their favourite show. But it sure. doesn't get near. The amount, the amount of viewers in America as Yellowstone does, and Yellowstone yeah, apparently it's about cowboys. Is, but but it is family politics, drama, dynamics, yeah, changing yeah. scenes. 
but set on a massive ranch Just in Montana. Involving so, involving cowboys. <laughs> yeah. And so this sort of middle America, they are all on this Yellowstone bandwagon, whereas it's only a very small kind of coastal elites audience that like succession. I found that really, really interesting. And yet the shows are about very similar dynamics, like what happens mm. when you've got a patriarch and different children and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I haven't seen either show, so I don't know. I was just reflecting the opinions of this article. But, yeah, I didn't realise that how big it was. People in media love shows about media. So, of course, they're going to yes, kind of gravitate yes, to succession. Absolutely. But people who aren't in media, you can understand why they'd really like a show that's got drama and family stuff and whatnot but is not about people working in high-rise offices. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, maybe I should watch Succession just to get a bit of Kevin Costner love. I'm very partial to Kevin Costner. He's a dude. He's but not I, bad. I've, His version I've, of, of Pa Kent is, uh, as we discussed, uh, not my favourite. Yeah, well, I've heard it's a subpar. Indeed. Because it's subpar Excellent. Kent. Yes, I see what, I see what yeah. you've done there. Just for everyone listening, <laughs> who plays Par Kent, and if you're subpar, it means you're like below par. It's a, it's a golfing reference referring to the amount of shots mm. that you're supposed to take. And, and, and actually, isn't subpar a good thing? Oh, I was going to say, and of course, uh, Kevin Costner in the movie Tin Cup, all about golfing. Yes, he's done a lot of golfing. or No, baseball movies. I think he's loves a baseball movie. But baseball, sporting movies, and cowboy-type you know, romantic Wild West movies and TV shows, obviously Yellowstone. That's that's kind of his bag, isn't it? He loves a – I mean, he did The Postman, which I didn't see. Uh, I don't think anybody did. Oh, and um, giant Waterworld uh, post-apocalyptic um, things. Yes. Anyway, exactly. I'll just finish my list. The last thing on my list, a bit of left field, just a bit left field, but I was watching the credits, the opening credits, and I saw, like, mm. executive producer Stephen Mnuchin, and I went, now that's a name. That's an odd name. There can't be that many Stephen Mnuchins, M-N-U-C-H-I-N. And it is the guy who worked for Trump. Uh, he was like Treasury Secretary. Uh, that makes so much sense. And he was he was like a massive film producer guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Trump, Trump comes Secretary. from TV. This is this weird American thing of like he was a financier or had a finance, finance hedge fund or whatever it's called. But he was a, a side business, had an entertainment financing company. And he... Um, what does it say here? Teamed up with filmmaker Brett Ratner and Australian businessman James Packer to merge his Dune Entertainment Company with Ratner and Packer's newly founded Rat Pack Entertainment joint venture, resulting in Rat Pack Dune Entertainment. Between 2013 and 2018, he financed many films for Warner Brothers, including American Sniper and Mad Max Fury Road. So he's listed huh. as the executive producer on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, as well as Suicide Squad, the Lego Batman movie, Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Woman, King Arthur, Legend right. of the Sword, The Disaster Artist, The Man from Uncle, San Andreas. Like, this guy is all over Hollywood. <laughs> and then he becomes the director of the Treasury. It's just, that's that American thing of people just get appointed to jobs. And it's like, yeah. the dude who produced Batman versus Superman is now running the country's Treasury? What? What, <laughs> what kind of a country are you running? Anyway. <laughs> Stu, over to you. I'm sure you'll have more sensible things to discuss. Oh well, let's see. Uh, so, uh, first item <laughs> on my list, as we as we mentioned, was Save Martha. Yeah. Uh, less said about that, the better. The next item on my list is Batfleck is an idiot in this movie, as we've discussed. <laughs> uh, next item, Superman is also an idiot in this movie. Next item, yeah. uh, 
how how so Superman? I mean, he he. Well, just, he gets I mean, we, into we a talked about it. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a weird scene. I guess. I mean, it's 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 a nice scene. I guess it's just strange to see a fully naked Lois Lane <laughs> sitting in the bar. Superman. Yeah, and then Superman uh, just jumping in, and it's like, but dude, like to have sex, which is obviously what you're trying to do, you're going to have to take your clothes off anyway, and it's much easier to take your clothes off when they're dry than when they're sure. wet. But I suppose he is Superman; he can just probably rip them off. But then you're wasting good clothes. <laughs> I keep forgetting he's Superman. He can just probably blow on them and they'll yeah, be dry. It's all fucking. Yeah, it would all be dry. Exactly. He uses his yeah. super breath. Absolutely. <laughs> Something which ironically reckon, would be far too goofy like, for this movie. Do you reckon like they do it in like weird ways because he's like Superman? <laughs> like, like, do you reckon they do it like floating or something? Like, you know, if they're doing like say a reverse cowgirl, like they could get some serious air. Do you know what I mean? Well, quite, Am quite I literally. Weird? Am I weird? <laughs> no, no. But surely this has been explored in the comics, like the various, you know, maybe there's a, a <laughs> maybe not the officially Superman. sanctioned comics. I think the I think there's certain corners of the internet that probably yeah. have uh, ex- explored this in great detail. Hmm. I'm just saying it's there for the taking. Uh, sure. I mean, no wonder Lois seems so bummed at the end when he doesn't turn back up alive again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not only is he Henry Cavill, he's Superman. I mean, come on. Yeah, and he's dead now. So there goes all your, you know, bath time adventures. <laughs> There goes all your uh, water play, as it were. Water sports. <laughs> <laughs> water sports. Oh, dear. Um, Sorry. I've, the next I've, item on my I've list. I've lowered the tone of this very esteemed Batman versus Superman movie. We're talking about Batman v Superman. There, there's not much tone to lower. Um, <laughs> next item on my, li- on my list is they killed Jimmy, you bastards. Did you realize that the photographer that she had with him, uh, with her when she went to see the um, African tribal leader was supposed to be Jimmy Olsen? What? Yeah. So he's like in she it for caught- like two seconds and then is just killed off screen. And then he's shot in the head. Yeah. But- so he's a CIA plant. Yes. Essentially. So in this, this well, universe, fine. Jimmy Olsen is a CIA plant. Obviously, it must be a Daily Planet photographer, but is a CIA plant who is immediately discovered and then murdered. I did wonder. He did seem to be using the wrong lens for that situation. Most of the <laughs> photographers, you know, Stu, we've been at press conferences. Most of the photographers sure. have the, the great big ones on because, you know, that allows them to get the And he's just got like a little happy snapper. And also, why is he using film? Yeah, it, it, again, it's one of those things that in 2016, why did Disney not have a DSLR? It's very it's strange. It's a DSLR or bust, bro. Nobody's using film on photojournalist assignments in the desert. Do you realize how much film you'd have to carry? A, that made me very angry. I should have written that on the list. <laughs> it made me un- it was like, no, that is that is a really cool thing, like op- exposing the film and then trotting on it on the ground. That's a cool shit thing from the 80s you wanted to have done. This is not... <sighs> It's just not realistic. Yeah. It's like the Daily Planet yeah. not having an internet. You know, we don't have the internet. We're the Daily Planet. All of our stories. It's will something be read that's tomorrow. it's it's something that's done for a plot reason that doesn't make sense it in the real world. It didn't have to be. They could have just pulled the DS the the, the SIM card sure. out and just yeah, shot exactly. at it or stomped it into the ground. You could still yeah. destroy the. You don't need to expose. Ugh. You could have just smashed the camera to the ground, pulled the SD card out, and then smashed the camera. It would have had the same effect. It's, uh, yeah, that was I supposed agree. to be Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> now, listen, you know, Stu, as, as a follower of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, but the only <laughs> one true Jimmy is Justin Wheeler, <laughs> a.k.a. the dude from the dreadful, dreadful Dungeons & Dragons movie from the yes. early 2000s. Whatever <laughs> happened to that guy? Whatever happened I to Justin Whelan? I hope he's okay. 
<laughs> it's been a tough couple of years. I hope Justin oh, no. Whelan's doing all right. I just put Justin Whelan into Wikipedia. It says oh, no. the page Justin Whelan does not exist. Oh, no. Oh, oh poor Justin Whelan. <laughs> he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. He'll have an IMDb page, surely. I don't know. Justin Whelan, American. Oh, it's Whelan. Oh, okay. That's why it's Justin Whelan. He does have a Wikipedia page. I misspelled his surname. It's Whelan, W-H-A-L-I-N, not Whelan, W-H-E-L-I-N. It says years active, 1987 to 2009. Oh, he quit acting in 2009 and is now working as a social studies teacher and administer of an exclusive school in Los Angeles. There you go. Fantastic. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, I'm glad. I wonder why he quit acting. Because he was getting <laughs> he was getting jobs in, in um, the very bad Dungeons and Dragons remake? Yeah, that was in the year 2000. He yeah. was in a film called um, National Lampoon's Dorm Days 2. Right. As the character yeah. so, uh, Again, there's your, there's your answer. Director, director video. Yeah, okay. So he didn't really do much. Poor Justin Whalen. Justin Whalen. Well, this has been a lengthy side note, but <laughs> he's still out there. He's only 47. He was super young. He wasn't the original Jimmy Olsen. They had a different Jimmy Olsen for the first series, and I think they ended up canning him because he looked too much like Dean Kane. He was quite cute, but he was sort of like dark-haired, featured yeah. as similar to Dean Kane. and I think they thought, oh, he looks too similar. So they brought in like blonde-haired, slightly more shaggy dude, Justin Wayland. Sure. Anyway, that's a sidebar. <laughs> that was supposed to be Jimmy Olsen. That's a bit yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Zack Snyder took great glee in um, post sort of release interviews to sort of point out, he's like, hey, that, that was Jimmy Olsen. We, we killed him. It's like, what? Why are you doing this? Why are you the way you are? Why are you like this? Why are you like this, Zack Snyder? <laughs> Continue on with your list. Uh, the last last two items on my list were um, a simple conversation would have sufficed, uh, which I think we've sort of talked <laughs> no, about. Two, we're talking about men who have an excess of testosterone running through their system. The only way they're going to deal with it is to fight it out. You know this. I know this. Let's not beat around the bush. It requires violence. Hmm. Mm. <sighs> anyway, and then um, the last uh, the last item on my list was uh, Wonder Woman is also there, which is. <laughs> You know, like, again, we've pointed out like Gal Gadot is easily like the best thing in this movie, but the movie just sort of is like, oh, and also we've got Wonder Woman, so that that's good. It um, is good. She's yeah, good. Yeah, she doesn't really affect anything. Like she helps I mean, fight Doomsday at the end, but like they couldn't have defeated there's, there's him a version her. of this movie. Well, I mean, like there's a version of this movie where it's just Batman and Superman. Like I guess she's there, so there's an extra super powered person. To sort of yeah, help because keep Superman busy. Superman has to go and retrieve the spear. Oh, the, the whole thing with the spear. spear, because Lois very helpfully threw it in a pond or a pool at the abandoned office block that somehow has like a spa or something. I don't. Well, I think it's been it, flooded at that. I think the idea is that it's been flooded at that stage, but it's like, okay. what is that? What? What? So she decides to get rid of it so it can't be used against Superman. So she throws then, it into the into like a, a, the the wreckage of a flooded building. Like someone's going to find that, Lois. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Like a demolition crew is eventually going to stumble across this bloody glowing green spear. Mm. And then when she dives in to swim after it, she gets herself trapped. 
like I don't know how she got herself trapped underneath and then she, and, and Superman can hear her above everyone else, which makes sense. I mean, I mean, look, I, I, I buy that. That's fine. It's Lois Lane. I get that. I get it. It's Lois Lane. But yeah, she somehow gets stuck. So he goes, he has to go and rescue her. She doesn't even tell him. He doesn't know that the spear is in the pond. She just is like coughing and he goes and puts her down and then dives in. She doesn't even say, mm. I was looking for the spear. He doesn't know what... He doesn't know where the spear... Nobody says at some point, oh, the spear is in a pond. He just Well, also, she, she goes looking because she, she throws the spear away. And then later on, Batman and Superman, a long way away from her, have a conversation saying Batman needs to go and get the spear. And Lois then turns around and tries to get the spear back. But no one has told her that she needs to get the spear. No. It's just... It's she just she tries to get it. Yeah, she's like, oh, I, I guess I should probably get that kryptonite spear I threw in a giant well. Yeah, didn't think to maybe just put it aside somewhere safe for later. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about knowing things. So Superman is at the charity do where Lex Luthor gives the stupidest speech. Just the weirdest about, speech. And they keep cutting back and forth to him. And he's just saying the weirdest shit like, well, Prometheus uh, helped mankind. And uh, and uh, that was that was good. And going off on these spasms and everyone's just politely clapping. And I'm like, no, everyone would report it as a strange and erratic speech. Yes, he gave a strange, exactly. erratic, somewhat megalomaniacal like, speech at his charity function. Like, again, being totally fair to the movie, I think it's intentional. Like, I, I think that they want it to seem like he's giving, like, a bizarre speech. But I don't know why. I don't know why he would be giving, like, an incoherent ramble as if he's just taken, like, a, a massive bump of cocaine. It's it's, like, this is the thing. He's being so obvious about how I'm going to be a villain. I'm going to be a villain. It's just, yeah. it's too obvious. Yeah, it's too unhinged. It's too, he's trying to be Heath Ledger's Joker is what I just get from Jesse Eisenberg. And there's, there's or moments. He's I mean, be, or he's trying to be like a demented Andy Samberg. There's, there's very much a resemblance yeah, there. Yeah. The movie doesn't seem to have a good handle on whether he's like, an up-and-coming wonderkind who is, like, desperate to, like, prove himself or an established presence who has incredible power and and is a threat. Well, this is the thing because he keeps talking about his daddy at various times. Oh, no, my daddy and his his bruises and his arms. It's like, oh, okay, so you're just a beaten-up little boy taking it out on everyone else. Like, I I mean, look, child abuse is a serious issue. I'm not advocating Uh, it. But it's like, God, like, no wonder your dad beat you up, you idiot. Sorry, that sounds... It's just so cliche. The way they do it is like, oh, daddy's bruises and bones. And it's yeah. like, oh, God. So you're going to be it's, a villain. It's, it's, like, it was but, just but, boring. Yeah, but, like, the it's portrayal is confusing. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's boring and cliched. And, and the portrayal is very muddled and confusing. And there's the scene where the male senator offers him like all these things in return for building a yeah. I guess in return for building a weapon. And the initial, the, the scene runs, starts with, you know, Jesse Eisenberg being all like knowing and ah ha ha ha. And then it ends with him popping a, a, a lolly. lolly into the senator's mouth. And the yeah. senator just takes it as if Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor is one of the most powerful men on earth. 
It's meant yeah. to be like a. It's meant to. It's meant to be a scene where he would just do that, and you couldn't say no because he could like destroy you with a flick oh my of his God, wrist. He's in charge. He's got so much yeah. money. He's. But he has not been portrayed as that up until then, and it's not like the movie isn't being like secretly. This is what's going on. It just doesn't understand what it's trying to do with Lex Luthor. Mm. You know, like it's just it's just a, a bad portrayal. And like Holly Hunter as as the the female senator who is continually you know interacting with Jesse Eisenberg's Luthor mm. is herself sometimes acting as if she's terrified of him and other times acting as if he's a little pissant who's annoying her. Yes. And yes. and they Hence- can't seem to to land on what is supposed to be the relationship between the two of them. Yeah, and she goes to see him in person to say I'm not going to give the import permit for your material. He wants to yeah. import kryptonite. Why does he ask for permission if he's so rich and he has a super villainry kind of He's smuggling that shit in. Surely a supervillain yeah. is just smug. I get that they had the whole thing of he's trying to get the government to like invest to build a weapon against Superman and he's trying mm. to get the government on side for that. But then she comes back going and says to him in person, I'm not going to be giving you the export permit. And I know that for film reasons you have to have that happen so they can have the threatening thing and she says piss in a jar and call it my granny's peach tea and that's what she then finds at the table at the hearing. Somehow he's put a jar of one can assume his own urine on her I, table. Yeah, you, you can only assume. We can only assume it's his own urine and that distracts her in time to realise that he's going to blow the whole thing up. What did you make of that? I think that's an apt metaphor for the movie as a whole, a jar of piss that explodes. <laughs> the, the piss itself didn't explode. It was the it was the, uh, the guy with no legs whose wheelchair was given to him <laughs> yes, by Lex Luthor. Yeah. And to blow the whole capital up, like how much freaking c4 did he get in that wheelchair sure it's it packs a punch it packs a real punch and lex luther obviously got clean away from the whole thing but is quite happy to blow up huge amounts of like well including not- his um his his like uh mercy his um alfred yeah, his type his lady worryingly thin uh, <laughs> personal assistant like honestly i was looking at that woman going and the camera adds you know five kilos or whatever they say and she's like looks desperately desperately you know not to body shame <laughs> or anything but i was looking at her going oh my god she needs a feed i'm really sorry not to body shame anyone but my god I, yeah it's, it's when in movies like if, if you're a woman in the movies and you look like normal you're generally underweight she looked underweight which means you know sound the alarms people I'm saying it. Yes. It's controversial. <laughs> I know you have to be skinny in the be- to be in the movies. I know it's true. You have to be kind of underweight. But, uh, you know, she was, yeah, wow. I'm saying it. <laughs> controversial take. It was a skinny woman in a Hollywood film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah it was I, weird. I mean- it was like he blows up the whole of the Capitol and there's not really much that happens from that. Yeah, that, that would mean, be like- that would be a, a foundation-shaking moment for the United States. And he, like, he goes that is an act of terrorism almost unprecedented on the level of 9-11. There's people burning him in effigy in the streets, but... I- yeah, because this movie has this whole subplot about, like, oh, what, what do we make of Superman? And it's like, well, his very first public appearance, he leveled half of a major city, and mm. now he's just sort of flying around going, please like me. Like, no wonder everyone hates this guy. Yeah, and why was there a statue of him in Metropolis? Unclear. <laughs> like a massive Batman and Robin style edifice. Yeah, like, un- you- unclear as to why. Like, like that. That would be. Oh, it, it's just even if people accept that, like Superman 
was saving them rather than like responsible for the destruction of that city. Mm. It is deeply weird that they would put up a statue to him, mm. like that he would be a part of the memorial. It, it's strange. It's strange. Mm. So much of the Snyderverse sort of DC movies trade on the existing knowledge that we have of these characters rather than anything that happens within the movies themselves. You know, Superman yes. is this symbol of hope and truth and justice because that's what he is in the comics, but the movie mm. doesn't do any work to establish that. It does nothing on screen. Superman is a dour presence who always looks kind of put out to have to be saving people. You know, and, and Bruce Wayne is a grizzled old war veteran, like who's been fighting the, the fight for 20 years. Like they start with old man Batman and Injustice <laughs> Superman. And that was the, the shattered sand on which they were going to build their castle. You know, I just <laughs> honestly. Oh, goodness. What else is in this film that we can talk about? <laughs> Sorry, were you at the end of your list? I can't remember. I, I was. I'd, I'd come to the end of my list. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. basically. Uh, yeah, you, finished. You, yeah, said Wonder Woman was there. Uh, hey, Wonder Woman was also there, and she was pretty good. She was good. She was very memorable and fun, and quite the joy. I, I found. I, I haven't seen the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Did you end up seeing that? Or oh, I did. That is a bonkers movie. Oh, is uh, it? Which. Because the first one I, wasn't amazing, liked. but it was it was great fun, and it had you know she was just so great to watch, and it had lovely moments, and it was very affecting. Uh, certainly, when she walks through no man's land and is like, "Yeah, fuck you," and yeah, if, great moment. If they were if they were smart, that they would have changed course and built the next phase of the DC movies around Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, but they mm. they didn't. So so more fill them. Yeah, but- I was surprised that they did 1984. Yeah. And and there's obviously no reference in this being 2016. There's no reference to her having done all yeah, that. Yeah, which is which is weird because if you see 1984, uh it's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> and it, it's apparently in continuity, so, you know, but that that is a bananas movie that hinges on a magic wishing stone. Uh which yeah. you know, I can I can totally get behind. DC movies post Justice League really seem to have just gone crazy, which I kind of love. I love that they're just, they've just decided, you know what, we're just going to try a bunch of stuff because we tried to be Marvel for a while, except we, we didn't do what they were doing, which is make good, engaging, well-written movies. We just sort of made like angry movies for the angriest possible people. So now we're just going to try a bunch of stuff. Uh, and so they've, they've got a Shazam movie, which is great. They've got like Wonder Woman, which, uh, you know, 84 is a mess, but it's like a fun mess. The Aquaman movies, like uh, they've got a, uh, a such a movie coming out soon. Aquaman was absolutely nuts, but I Bananas. loved Bananas. so yeah. much through it. I just, ha- and the, yeah. the bit in this film where they show Jason Momoa, like, hiding in a rock yeah. and he comes yeah. out and he's like looking at the cat. It's so not what you, you know that they filmed that before they worked out what they oh, were doing absolutely. on Aquaman. They yeah, just yeah, like yeah. come in, be in a tank, look like you're sort of eyeing us off. Like there's no way the Aquaman from the movie Aquaman would kind of be that no. nervous. Also, he already has the Trident. That's the thing. Like, so there's this, there's this weird continued era where he, he already has. Well, I'm assuming that the Aquaman movie is set just before. Dawn of Justice. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, who who cares? Anyway, whatever. That's, yeah, whatever. Forget, but forget it was I fun. mentioned it. It was fun. I it laughed. Was, it was. It was a fun. That, Aquaman's are, a great know, movie. There are battling fish under the sea, and it's <laughs> they just ride gi- that they ride giant seahorses. Natalie, it that's rules. The one. And, and octopus <laughs> plays the drums. That's right. Oh, I forgot about the octopus playing the drums. Oh god, that's like next to the the Doof Warrior from Mad Max. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I laughed so much watching that film. Probably wasn't what they intended, but gosh, I had fun. Whereas at least, <laughs> but in this one, the laughs are kind of thin on the ground. Um, as yeah. thick and luscious as Henry Cavill's hair is, the jokes are quite the opposite. <laughs> they are thin and fall flat. I, I'm trying to think of what else I can mention about this film. Is there a second Superman standalone film that comes after this? No, there's not. So this is the thing. So we we get Man of Steel. We get Batman v Superman, Dawn of Dawn of the Justice of the of the Planet of the the Craziness, and then Justice League, and then that's that's it. Like we've gotten three movies with Henry Cavill Superman in it, and that's it. That, that's that's your lot. And it, it's not looking like they're going to revisit it. Henry Cavill has said that he's keen to come back. Like he would absolutely play Superman again, and they're like, nah, maybe not. <laughs> Which is just crazy. A movie has to be real bad for you to turn down Henry Cavill in 2022. You know what I mean? Really? Why would? Yeah, they're they're, they're just like, mm, well, we might try and go in a different direction. So because Henry... this this version of Superman is fundamentally broken. Well, they could cheer him up a bit. <laughs> it would be great if they did. Does the comparison that you know at the start of the film? You know, Batman, Batman, Bruce Wayne is running through the streets of Gotham. No, Metropolis. Somehow he gets to Metropolis, uh, which I guess you can when they're so close to each other. Uh, they obviously have an office. Wayne Enterprises obviously has an office in Metropolis. Sure, with a guy called Jack, who was apparently very important. Oh, well, I assumed the he was in the dude I've ever seen in my life. He's he's watching like the giant <laughs> ship spark lightning and shoot laser bolts and things and he has to wait for bruce to call him personally and say get out of there get out of there yeah. and he's like oh uh, everyone get, get to the emergency exits and then uh, he's like jack but all the the dust coming up the streets and stuff there's obviously a lot of september 11 kind of references there sure and they talk about you know all the real life announcers like we're not sure if this is another terrorist attack as an allegory to september 11 like how does it stand up because I guess that's sort of what Batman, why he becomes paranoid is because he's like, oh, they're an invading alien. So they've got to, you know, they can't have our best interests at heart because they're fundamentally not us. All the talk about Superman, you're not a, you're not a God, you're not even a man and men are brave and. Yeah, I hate it. Oh, okay. All right. I I hate it. I mean, does it work? It sucks that I hate it. Does it work at least a little bit as some I guess, I mean, again, you can see what they want to do. I understand what they're trying to do here. It feels a bit too late to be doing like a 9-11 reactionary take movie, but sure, like if, if you if you want to go down that route, that that is a way to make Batman naturally distrust Superman. But again, like the the execution of it is just, you know, like it just it's it's so ham fisted and pandering. Mm. And and I, I don't I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it. I mean there there are people who it plays perfectly fine for, I guess. Um, and they're not stupid. They're, it's just hitting differently for them. But how successful yeah. was this film? Like, what was the? You know, you're the you're the guy who has your it, finger on the pulse of the nerds. <coughs> yeah, I mean, look, it did fine. I think where are we? Damn, it, faint praise. Damn, with was, faint praise. Uh, uh, it was the eighth biggest opening of all time. It actually opened bigger than The Dark Knight Rises. Wow. Um, 
It had a worldwide opening of $422 million, the second biggest for Warner Brothers and the fifth biggest of all time. I think it didn't quite hit a billion dollars because it had one of the biggest second week drop-offs ever. It had an 81.2% decline because this thing got savaged by critics. Like critics saw this movie and were just like, this thing sucks. Uh, It's very bad. (laughs) It's long and dour and everyone's acting like an idiot asshole and (laughs) it's not a fun time it's it's you know we've been waiting for batman and superman to be in a film together and this is what we got and it sucks (laughs) and that kind of so yeah it had it had one of the biggest second week drop-offs in in history where a lot of people went to see it on its opening weekend and then no one went to see it after that So it made a lot of money to start with, and then it just sort of tanked. And that was when alarm bells started sounding for Warner Brothers, because they they were all in on Zack Snyder at this point. They were like, he's our golden boy. He's going to... Man of Steel was a minor hit. We're on our way. This is going to be big. We've got Batman and Superman in one movie. This movie Mm. will be huge. We'll easily beat the Avengers. We're going to take back the crown as the premier superhero movie franchise creators. And no, that didn't happen. It tanked. Um, after that. I shouldn't laugh. And and then we, we lead into the Justice League and the yes. whole, is, is that what we do next then, the, the Justice League? Yeah, so, well, I mean, yeah, I, I was thinking we could definitely, uh, Justice League follows directly on from this, so I think that would be a good one to do next. And then we can, as, just as a palate cleanser at the end, do the Lego Batman movie, which is a delight. Oh. And then we'll have to reconvene, obviously, for The Batman in March. For The Batman, which is, is mm. coming out. And I, I don't know whether you saw today, Natalie, Robert Pattinson has been doing like a lot of pre interviews because we're, we're in the, the lead up now to the, the movie being released. And um, he's come out and said, he said, I sincerely believe that the tone of the Batman has nothing to do with previous movies. It feels new. In the comics, Batman is someone more unstable. If you read between the lines, it's actually very sad. Whereas in the cinema, it is always his heroic side that's put forward. The Batman does the opposite. We capture the inner bubbling of the character. In my opinion, the only other to achieve this is the animated film Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Ah! Right? So Robert Pattinson is saying, actually, like, I think the best Batman take is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. There you go. So that, that bodes well. Bodes that well. bodes very well. Pattinson's done his homework. And it looks it looks good. You know, all of the... Looks good. Looks the, interesting. For sure. And, and again, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it, it's very serious and 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 dark and, and violent and gritty, but just the vibe of it, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm getting a good vibe off it. It, it could yeah. be terrible. Who knows? But I, I'm getting a good vibe off this one. Whereas when I was seeing promotion and, and trailers and things for Batman v Superman, I was just like, this doesn't look good. I don't like what they're doing here. I remember I remember at the time there was a lot of discussion. Like, what are they actually, what is this going to be? Because that there was vision of them fighting, but then there was also vision of them teaming up with Wonder Woman in the trailers. You know, so that they weren't even holding that back. They were throwing that out there as like a, a carrot to get people into the cinemas. You know, and it was like, what is this movie? And it turns out it was a mess. <laughs> so we now have to rank this mess, Stu. So how oh do we put this on the list? Okay, because well, I let think, me... I don't know. There are aspects of this that for me, again, if I go by my logic of last week, which is would I watch Dark Knight Rises because I, I really don't feel the need to go back and watch Dark Knight Rises again. Right. I feel like I could go back and watch Masters of the Phantasm and I'd be quite happy to watch it. Yeah. Um, 
or Batman 89 or Batman 66 to be sort of fun. And so I put Dark Knight Rises just under Batman Returns, just kind of for a giggle, going, I think I'd hmm. rather watch the, the insanity that was Dark sure. Batman Returns. And so by this logic, I'm not sure that I would watch this film over no. Dark Knight Rises. I haven't watched this movie basically. Like I, I watched it when it came out and I think I watched it one, one other time. Actually, I might, I might not have even done that. I might have seen clips and things from it. And mm. then, and then I've watched it. I've watched it again for this podcast. Mm. And I'm not. I'm. Don't, I have no plans to watch it again in the future. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. It just is. Wonder Woman is great. So if it was to go higher, it would be purely because of Wonder Woman. And as I said, I don't mind the Martha thing for some reason. That works for me. You know, maybe it's just I see all these superheroes as little boys in costumes. So the idea of one <laughs> of them going. I won't let your mummy die like my mummy died. Just seems appropriate. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Seems fine. But yeah, so I guess I would rank it just above Batman and Robin. It sort of just slots in above that. Mm. That that is hilariously uh, pretty much exactly where I've put it. Uh, So second last on my on my list. Yeah, Uh, just above Batman and Robin. I think. And the thing is, I feel bad for Batman and Robin because I Mm. maybe I should put it below Batman and Robin because I I I feel like I would probably watch that more for fun because of (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's bad. I'm I'm trying to. This is the thing. I always try to have a balance between how good is it as a film versus how much fun it is to watch. Yes. And yeah, maybe it's fine where it is second last. Um, I, I think second last is fine. I think Batman and Robin is a very special case because even even now you're forgetting just how innovating am, and I? boring that movie is. Yeah. Like for all its bright <laughs> colour, it's such a incompetent seeming boring movie. <laughs> and and so is Batman v Superman, but at least Wonder Woman's good. Yeah. Individually, Ben Affleck as Batman, Henry Cavill as Superman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, all individually, fine. I, I've no yeah, general problems Amy, with any of them. Amy Adams as Lois seems fine. She's no. But oh, I will Hatcher. say, I don't think I don't think we really mentioned, but there there is one that 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 one scene where Batman takes on the room of goons, where I'm like, I'm a hundred percent in right now. Like this is Batman just Batmaning the crap out of these these goons. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Love it. Where Love he, this stuff. He comes in on the second floor and they're all on the yeah. third and he comes yeah, up yeah, to yeah. the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah, and just yeah. like wrecks them. And I'm like, I think Great. he does kill people Perfect. in that scene, doesn't he? But almost certainly some of those yeah. men died. <laughs> <laughs> he explicitly like shoots a guy and blows up the tank on his back. Again, I don't love it, but like it's it's a direct reference to The Dark Knight Rises, uh, The Dark mm. Knight Returns rather, the comic book by Frank Miller, including like the, the the weird gun, like machine gun that that guy's holding, like that's a direct reference to that comic. Um mm. so I get what they're doing there, but it's like specifically in the context of that comic, Batman shooting a gun works, whereas here it's just Zack Snyder wants to reference the comic, so he has Batman kill a guy. It's frustrating but but everything up to that moment is just like awesome batman just batmaning dudes it's great (laughs) so our lists are still very much almost the same but i I don't know i feel like i've done mask of the phantasm dirty i really feel like i should have boosted it because i've got it in second spot you've got it further down don't you i I feel like i probably should have it in second or even first because i really in hindsight i really do like that (laughs) it's a great it's a great movie and it's so short, Stu. It's so short. It's 78 minutes or something. It's. Yeah. Oh. Oh, just. Can you imagine? Mm. Mm. So next time I get. I, 
I really don't want to watch the Snyder Cuts, Jim. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is the thing. I, I have mean... to say, I have to say, maybe the Lego Batman movie would be a good one because I found the last few like quite a slog, and I don't know. So, so do you, do you like... want to? Pause with the Lego Batman movie and then, because technically we should be doing that. The Lego Batman movie is the next movie chronologically. Yes. Uh, okay. Let's do the Lego yeah. Batman movie. Okay. Um, All right. For something fun, because I just don't know where <laughs> it's, it feels like the first ones felt really fun. Like really yes. fun. Yeah. You've got Michael Keaton being crazy. They were not great, but they were f- interesting to watch and fun to watch. And these ones have just felt like even Dark Knight Rises, I mean, yes, it's better, but it's still like, oh, God, it's two hours and 45 minutes of ponderous thinking about the nature of heroes. Yes. And, yeah. and I'm like, oh, just beat some dudes up. Spoilers. So we are talking about our next project post Batman. And obviously there'll be other things that, that crop up and we'll, we'll do the Batman when it comes out in March. But I have pitched to Stu a series called Robin On, where we watch a <laughs> series of Robin Hood movies. Yes. Uh, from the 30s to, I guess now, uh, spanning. From, from, Errol, from Errol Flynn to Russell Crowe. <laughs> Uh, well, no, Taron Edgerton or whatever. Well, Taron Edgerton, yeah, you know, we we did this where we had this thing where I was like, I had completely forgotten that there was a Taron Edgerton uh, Robin Hood film in 2018. 2018, not even that long ago. Could you even remember? Nope, I did not. That movie does not exist, Natalie. <laughs> so uh, we, you know, I've been threatening to to make Stu listen to me rant on about how good Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves is uh, for a long time many years. So I think uh, it would be only fitting to kind of situate it as is proper in a, uh, a Robin Hood series. So Robin On uh, will be probably the next one coming. It's happening. It's a retrospective of Robin Hood movies because I think, yeah, look, it's a story that gets retold and it would be a really interesting one to look at and go, what what are the traditional elements? What gets used often? What gets ditched? What gets brought back? Mm. how the actors take on the roles, you know, that kind of thing. It goes from, you know, Errol Flynn in the tights to the parody Men in Tights and, yeah, <laughs> and everything in between. So I've, ever since I had that idea, I've kind of been like, oh, can we stop Batman and go to Robin Hood? Because Robin Hood seems <laughs> fun. I feel a bit bad for thinking that way because... No, don't feel bad. You're right to think it. The last few Batman films are a big old slog. Yeah, Dark Knight is is good because it's got the Joker. It's, it holds your attention. But again, they're quite serious films. And I think I'm looking for a bit of mm. lightness and fun. Maybe because, you know, 2022 hasn't quite started out on the hopeful note that I was uh, mm. thinking it would. That's right. <laughs> so watching more stories about, oh, look, Batman's up against another villain. Well, you know, at least they can actually go outside. <laughs> 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 At least they can go and see a show if they want to. <laughs> yeah, just... that's right. I mean, unfortunately, uh, it looks like it looks like the Batman, the upcoming movie, isn't necessarily going to be all sunshine and rainbows. But it does oh, look like fine. it does look like an interesting, an interesting version of, I'm, of that. I'm looking forward to it because of Colin Farrell in a huge heap of prosthetics and <laughs> the serial killer Zodiac take on the Riddler. I'm really interested in that. I'm uh, and and the sparkly vampire is Batman. I'm super into the Batman and because it's new, I'm really interested in what they do with it. It's yeah. just been these lots which have just made me go, ah, if it wasn't for the fact that we were podcasting, Stu, and I got to talk to you and enjoy your sunshiny personality, that's the reason why I'm getting through these, Stu. Uh, they- <laughs> 
they don't hold a super appeal to me beyond the fact that we no. get to chat about them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that could uh, just be where right, I am. Right back at you, right back at you Natalie. <laughs> these these movies, as I said, I would I would not be revisiting Batman v Superman if we weren't going to talk about it. So it's, yeah. it's been a pleasure to talk about it with you, but oh. I won't be watching this movie again anytime no. soon. But what we can watch is some, you know, batshit crazy Robin Hood movies. Yes, exactly. Would you like fun and have adventure and daring do and sword fights and I don't know. I'm just, I'm in the mood for like, take me away to another time where the only problems were, you know, crusades and plague. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> we got plague at the moment. Starvation, bad government and, um, oh, wait. <laughs> more tights more tights, <laughs> more tights. we should get tights. back to the tights yeah just everyone in tights and no pants just tights <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen i guess the time has come to wrap up the pod uh for this week uh Stu, as always thank you so much uh if you would like to call in with your opinions on batman v superman at disco stew is Stu's twitter account and i am at girl clumsy uh, you can also find us at facebook.com uh, slash Natalie's Throne and the most important of all, patreon.com slash girlclumsy. To all my wonderful patron subscribers, thank you so much uh, and I do appreciate you um, letting me rant about sad Batman movies. <laughs> I'm promising more adventurous content in coming months. Um, but yes, let's do Lego Batman next so we have something fun and I haven't seen that so that'll be fun and, um, okay. and exciting. We will do that. Uh, so I guess, Stu, the only thing left to say is we'll see you next time. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.